is going on baseball fans welcome back to the turning Two podcast the one and only podcast that covers baseball on tuesdays and thursdays sometimes mondays that are hosted by us my name is jack join me here to learn a lot of that welcome back yeah you botched my name but also our posting schedule is not that consistent but how are you doing yeah we're not not an organized pod not an organized pod if you guys have been wondering where we are which our whole five fans are jack had me kidnapped mm-hmm. he took me to the poconos it's been a wild week but we're back baseball's back a lot happened in our absence. We got to get to it, man. We got to talk. Do you know what are the Poconos? It's a great question. I have no idea. I assume <laughs> it's an island. They could also be a fancy drink. I would. I, you could persuade me either way. I'm not. I'm not saying my take. Poconos. Let's see where they are. How stupid do you think our audience thinks we are? Oh, like, let's be honest. So, where if you had one region, guess the region where it is. One guess for where where the Poconos are. Here's a great question. What is a region? That's a, that's a great question. A broad, like, what's a, a region? A broad geographic <laughs> area. Well, I would say it's somewhere in Greenland. That's where I'm going to go. The country or just land that's green? Land that's green. Broad. I'm okay. taking a broad approach. You, broad region. You absolutely nailed it. It's in Pennsylvania, and that shit is green. Poconos are in Pennsylvania? They are, yeah. Right next to Scranton, the electric I was city. Today. Ooh, Scranton. I was today years old when I knew that. I saw Poconos with like some fancy island out in the middle of the sea where you yeah. went, like you put on a hula, like a hula skirt, one of those necklaces, and like you drank fancy pina coladas. But it's just Pennsylvania. Well, that's not cool. Joe Musgrove signs with the Padres. That's pretty <laughs> wild. Am I right? <laughs> Traded to the Padres. Traded. Come on. We are men of facts. Yep. We don't believe in false <laughs> facts. Don't have feelings. True. <laughs> Yes, Joe Musgrove was traded to the Padres in a free team deal. No more Poconos for him because he's out of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's in Pennsylvania. Bam, tie-in. Get wrecked. Free team deal with the Mets and the Pirates. Musgrove is going to the Padres. Pirates get five prospects, including Hudson Head. Great name, HH. The Padres' seventh-ranked prospect, Musgrove. Um, has a four free free career ERA in 2020. He posted a free eight six ERA in only 30 innings pitched though, so cap with a 12.5 strikeouts per nine compared to his career average of 8.3. So get a little bit of that Garrett sticky stuff on his hands. So initial reaction, he's probably happy he doesn't have to wear those stupid hats that the Pirates wear, like the throwback caps that Top make him look uniforms. like train directors, conductors. Yeah, not great called. uniforms. Not it's, good. It's yeah. kind of hard to deal with. Really rough. I remember Chris Archer. Chris Archer in those uniforms. Just it's like, what are we doing here? Like that. As he gave up like four home runs in yeah. a row, and it's just like this sad, big sad moments for Chris yeah. Archer. Mm-hmm. Um, but immediately, I think before we get into the cool the baseball talk that we definitely do on the show eventually, mm-hmm. um, Joe Musgrove, kind of a cool name, feels like a sheriff. I feel Don't like, like that's someone who's a rescue. Really? Sounds like Joe Muskrat, or like the name's Joe Muskrat. It, it is sheriffy, for sure. Shit, very sheriff. Like, you're getting, like, you're in a parlor. Someone's kicking those swinging doors, by the way. Wish I had those in my apartment. Mm. And um, every time I'd enter a room, so dramatically. But he's kicking those swinging doors, and he's just like, my name's Musgrove. So I think that's effective. Yeah, it is, for sure. Yeah, he, maybe the sheriff, new nickname in Padres Land. Oh, but I, we're Chris over- Paddock's already got that. That's true, yeah. But the Dueling po- sheriffs? Are they going to have a duel Ooh. in the locker room? That's great content. But the Padres, like, they're not done. You, They're not in any rumors. And then they just come in again? Their five-team, their five-man rotation, I think I saw it. Let's see if I can remember. Here we go. Big brain time. Snell, Darvish, um, Lamette, Paddock, Musgrove. 
And then that's without Clev. Like, they fully went out and got three starters. Teams don't do that. I've never heard of a team do that since I've been, like, really into baseball. Like, that's insane. Like, the Yankees but, Yankees fans are wishing their team would go get one. The Padres go, okay, we're going to get two aces, then we'll get, yeah, Joe Musgrove. He sounds good. Just, just to be a five-starter. Like, the Padres are going for the World Series. Yeah, so let's kind of break down who Musgrove is so we can kind of feel how he affects the Padres. So, Musgrove... He's been, uh, he was initially traded, he's been traded four times now mm. in his career, so he was traded in 2012 initially during the J.A. Happ deal. He was traded, actually, by the Houston Astros to the Pittsburgh Pirates for Garrett Cole, and now he's been traded, uh, there was one more trade, I might be missing, and now he was traded from the Pirates to the Padres, so it's full circle, um, I've seen a lot of comparisons from Musgrove because when Tyler Glass now left the Padres, he went on to be like what he is now. Mm-hmm. When Garrett Cole left the Pirates, he went on to be what he is now. So now like it's just just Joe Musgrove's like breaking the ceiling or like we're gonna be able to reach a ceiling. It's very different. Glass now and Cole both show fuck you fastballs at 99 miles per hour. Musgrove shows 92. Mm-hmm. His curveball was the fifth best pitch in baseball by swing and misses. So he's just an off speed demon. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's like kind of that. what he, he yeah he's uh so fifth year in the league his ceiling with a ninety two mile per hour fastball I don't really see it being that high unless he can somehow tick that up which he might be but for me this screams of a fifth starter slash bullpen specialist because his curveball is so nasty that he only throws his fastball nineteen percent of the time and he throws like a sinker a cutter and he has that nasty curve and I'm pretty sure he throws a slider as well so I think he's um. Just an off-speed weapon potentially out of the bullpen for them. This is like the Padres saying, "We're not just gonna go to the division round and try our best. We're we're prepping for a World Series victory." Like this is a move you don't. It's interesting that they gave away a. Pre, I mean, it's some, Hudson Head was kind of a big prospect in this deal. Like it seems, and they didn't really give away any big prospects in their other deals. So they they made a move. They wanted this guy. So there's either something that they see, kind of maybe that Garrett Cole. Um, effect that you're talking about when he leaves Pittsburgh or they're just saying yeah we there's not too many great starting pitchers left on the market right now to sign let's just give up some prospects and get an amazing five starter because I think he is especially in this league where most teams don't have three good pitchers this is a really good five starter can I go full uh conspiracy theory slash Zotradamus on you right now I love that uh this I think this move solely came because Rob Manfred said we're having a 162-game season. Now, I know, hot take, but think about it like this. No pitchers threw more than, like, 40 innings last year. Mm -hmm. Now, if the teams are believing and all of a sudden a bunch of moves start happening, they're like, oh, maybe we are having a 162-game season. And you're seeing pitchers start to move. And if you need a 162-game season and no pitchers threw even close to a normal season workload last year, it's been two years since they threw 200 innings, you're going to need, like, eight pitchers this season if you're a good team to get through. And the Padres, instead of banking on one of their rookies coming through, are like, okay, we need another arm who can just get get innings. A good arm who can get innings and then potentially moves to the bullpen when the playoffs come. And that's exactly what Joe Musgrove seems to be. Because Blake Snell doesn't show a lot of innings. He just doesn't. Um, you have a rookie like Denelson Lamette, or not a rookie, but he's still a young player. He's never shown 200 innings. You Darvish is getting up there. Do you, are you going to expect 200 innings from him? Then you got Mackenzie Gore, who's supposed to be a factor, but he's never even shown a major league inning. So how is he going to show 200 innings? So I think this is surely, hey, man, we got a lot of upside in this rotation, but we need someone to steady it out. 
Yeah, I think the 60-game season left a lot of teams off the hook where they could just get through the season with a couple good starters. And then the playoffs, teams were just like, raise Dodgers, we both have good bullpens, let's do that. But I think in this 162-game season in 2021, we're going to see kind of like that 2018-2019 style of play where in the whole season you got to have horses, like the Red Sox and Nats did. And then in the playoffs, you got to have horses too. And I think this, I'm re- the more I, I'm talking myself into how this is like really good. I really like the signing, like Musgrove for sleeper rookie of the, I mean, Cy Young. Like, let's get it all going. I re- I'm really liking this. I would temper my expectations. I'm just very confused by the Hudson head because Hugh Darvish didn't get even a top 10 prospect. Yeah. And Musgrove gets the number seven prospect in the Padres organization for a player who's been traded multiple times. And you know, like the uh, the book is, if you, a prospect gets traded twice or a player gets traded twice, like there's something up with him. Yeah. So also caution. But for Padres fans, how can you not be ecstatic right now? Yeah. So it's probably either they, the Padres didn't like Hudson Head. Maybe I mean, what position does he play? The Pirates didn't like it. Oh, uh, the Padres. Um, I think he's in. Infield or like confirm? I figured this out. Because if he's a shortstop or third baseman, kind of makes sense. What are you gonna do with him? True. Um, that's a, that's a good point. I'm just trying to figure out the internet. But also for Joe Musgrove, I mean, seems like if you if you told center fielder, center field, yeah. So I guess they don't really necessarily have that locked up. Hey man, interesting. it's interesting. Padres want to win. They want to win. That's what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, and they've still they've got Snell, Musgrove, and Darvish, in. Like what? Two months? They've just crafted that rotation, and they have six out of their seven top seven prospects left. Like they, they killed it. Really good job. If you're the if you're the Padres, great job. For the Pirates, just trade. The Mets also got a reliever in here, but I don't really care about him because he doesn't show me anything special. Yeah, so but yeah, Luke, Luke Casey, Luke Chessy. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, cool name. Luke is not a baseball name. No, a, that's Luke a country Boyd singer is... name. It is. You gotta be a big boy if you're a Luke. I don't know any small Lukes. That's true, yeah. Or tall and lanky, you can get away with. Yeah, um, yeah, but you gotta like be like a poet or something. You gotta be deep. Okay. That's how I would see a Luke who's tall and lanky. Luke. But we got other news besides Joe Musgrove becoming the new sheriff in San Diego. We should really like fight Pat for that. Yeah, I like that. DJ, DJ LeMayhew is returning to New York. Play your Frank Sinatra Yankees fans. On a six-year, $90 million deal, DJ turns 33 in July, which means he will be locked up with the Yankees till the ripe age of 39 years old. So, Jack, how do you feel about this deal? I'm a Yankees hater, so I'm going to try to be unbiased here. But I think this is – you can't really have any other take but, like, good for the Yankees. I mean, they – this was the one guy they needed to go get, and they got him. So, um, pretty – team friendly deal i think six years 90 million um spread out through the six years really evenly just a very basic deal so the yankees can go get some moves which will i mean can go get some players and make some moves which we'll talk about in a little bit um but yeah i think they did they did what they had to do uh there is some conversation whether say i mean they're the same as they were last year right now if not worse so we can get into that but good signing there was nowhere else i could see him going um, before the offseason started, I had the mindset that any team would want a DJ LeMayhew. I was wrong. Nobody wanted DJ Nobody. LeMayhew, which yeah. blows my mind. Seemed like Blue Jays wanted him, and the Yankees really wanted him. And other than that, they were like, I don't know, not really. So I was rustling through the depths of Twitter at 4 a.m., dark place to be. 
dark. If you're tweeting at 4 a.m., dark. Very dark. Um, and also, who's just morning tweets? Who's up at, like, 7 a.m.? Like, ah, oh, I'm going to tweet right now. Rise and dry. Same people who run in the morning. It's like, get over yourself. Yeah. Get up. Come on. Stop. You're just gross. Yeah. But so so I'm on the morning Twitter, 4 a.m., and I, I, I stumbled across a report. I forget who it was. That the Blue Jays offered DJ five years, 78, when the Yankees initially offered him five years, 75, which puts the Yankees to six years, 90. It also just ninety million sounds like a lot, but the six years is what caught me off guard. But it, like they're obviously just trying to space it out so they have more money to spend this off season, yeah, and then eat it later in his career. Because six years for DJ, that's that's a long time for DJ because thirty eight year old DJ ain't gonna be hacking it. Yeah, they're they're eating the last, I mean, three or four years even maybe, but he's gonna be good for the next couple of years for sure. It's probably worth it. Yankees don't really can't be. They're not going to be too nervous about money in a few years once all the once their fans are back in the stands fully. But um, in very unYankee like signing, they got their guy True. back in a weird deal. But it's not like they didn't go get Stan. They didn't go get this the best player in the market. It is. They went out and they got their guy, and I think you needed to get this guy if you're a Yankees fan because you can't be a Yankees fan like, hey man, twenty seven rings, we're the we're the guys, and then you don't sign your best hitter. Yeah. from last season, who was on the free agent market with basically no competition bidding against him. I will give a little cra- uh, clap to Kevin Ka- Kevin Cashman. Is it Cash? Not Cash. Um, Cashman, Brian. the GM. Brian Cashman. Sorry, I botched that. Um, for not o- overpaying, I think 90, 90 mil is probably a reasonable 15, like annual average is probably good for DJ. Um, seem even a little low, but I think it's good that he didn't outbid himself or like cave early. Just because the Yankees fan will put in the pressure on him and just like Yankees Stadium as a whole. But because you easily could have been convinced, like, hey, man, we got to get DJ now. And then he gives him like two years at like 40 mil or something. Something crazy, like 25 mil a season. Yeah, dude, 15 mil a year. Is that what it is? Yeah, 15. Math pause. Yeah, six, six year times 15, 90. Yeah, that's pretty. I think the Yankees kind of won this. If they were having this bidding war, I think the Yankees kind of had their way. I do too. Good, good move for the Yankees. But, hey, guy, I see a lot of people, like you say, getting hyped. You're the same team you were last season. You still don't have any pitching. Yeah. So you got to do something about that. But for getting DJ back is good. It's good for the culture of being Yankees. You can still pop your chest out and be like, hey, man, we got DJ. Like, you needed that. Your, your lineup still bangs now. Without yeah. him, that would have been a question. But the Yankees weren't done. They went and signed out another guy, too, Jack. So they went to um, what I would like to – the amazing race, but like workout edition is what mm-hmm. the Corey Kluber workout was. Everyone was just so excited. Not great. That would have been a great reality TV show. Just athletes going to workouts and then failing. I'd be in. That could be a section of Base Knox. Base, oh, come on. Where's HBO? Give me the guy. I know. I want to pitch. This. I want to pitch. We got to get this. But DJ signs with the Yankees on a six year, $90 million deal. Not DJ. Kluber. <laughs> <laughs> I read the same thing. Kluber signs with the Yankees on a one year, $11 million deal. Now, that's a lot of money. A lot. A lot. That's a big contract. Yeah. And I was blown away by this deal because when I first heard Corey Kluber, my mind went one one year, five mil. One year, six mil. Yeah. I, so I'm interested to hear your take on it, especially because he went to the Yankees. Um, it seemed like he did want to go here, though, and compete. He, I, he got some other offers kind of in the same realm, but it seems like he wasn't just going to the team with the most money. He wanted to go to... The Yankees, because, I mean, who won, you know? But either 
everyone was in on him because he's really good and he deserves that 11 million or this is a very scary risk reward gamble the Yankees are playing so my heart goes to the fact that if they paid him 11 million he must have shown something like he, he de- had to yeah. look good he definitely like, it, did show something because like every team was there and he signed what like a week and a half after his workout so yeah it's interesting to me cuz I, I when i hear but whenever you see a tweet like the guy looked great in workouts today it's usually like padding like this guy's just a you know they're yeah. just doing fan service at that point but seeing that he got one year 11 million even though he's barely pitched in the past two seasons and the yankees like i get the flyers just the yankees have such a tight payroll 11 million for kluber seems like a lot so Tanaka Tanaka was asking for fifteen to twenty, and they give Kluber eleven. Would you go just go the extra four mil and get Tanaka? Yeah, I mean maybe I mean, maybe Tanaka's really pushing for more on that twenty side, but this in my mind, if I'm going Yankee spin zone, which hurts me a little bit, you do have to shift something. In a way, if you get Tanaka back, it's still not putting you over the edge. I think you save a little bit of money and try to make a move, and you hope this is Cy Young Kluber, because that does help you. If you go Cole Kluber, that's a much bigger difference if you get good Kluber than just having Kluber, I mean, um, Cole and Tanaka, and then what what they've been doing for the three years, that hasn't been working. Yeah, but like Kluber two-year remove from pitching is maybe potentially more upside, but a lot more downside than Tanaka. Yeah. I think so, They did gamble... They chose to gamble over just rolling with Tanaka. If they bring back Tanaka, I really like this signing. If Kluber is supposed to be their potentially third guy behind Tanaka and Cole, good signing. If this is a replacement for Tanaka, trash. I hate this so much. Like, Corey Kluber could be great. I doubt it. Like, it takes... When a pitcher falls off like that, they tend to fall off. Like, there's usually not an epic story comeback. You... This is a good 4-5 signing. Like, this is kind of that Joe Musgrove thing. If the Padres picked him up for the 5 spot, we're clapping. But the Yankees need a 2 and a 3 and a 4 and a 5. And they go out and, and sign Kluber. And a 7. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's very risky. Yeah, I just don't see how this move... The Yankees, again, say, are they better or worse than last year right now? They're worse. Right now... Tanaka the, is better. I think they're the same, depending on, Tanaka I mean, once the Tanaka than, moves. Yeah, but as of today, they're worse because they're basically it's t- Kluber yeah. replacing Tanaka. And Kluber, no matter how much hope you have in him, right now, Kluber coming off a throat torn bicep and then another injury, um, he's basically, he's worse than Tanaka is. That's just a fact. So, yeah. I don't know, man. But if Kluber get, gets it back, good for the Yankees. But it seems like they're playing a risky deal it's also blew my mind because if he really wanted to go to yankees like again 11 mil 8 million i'd be all on board but i don't know why especially the yankees having such a quote-unquote tight budget unless that's just a mm-hmm. bunch of bull crap then it just seems very high for him yeah i think according to the yankees rumors and obviously i mean they can probably put out whatever they want to put out but they only have like 5 million left to spend now so this was like one of their moves like this was the oh yeah we're getting better move which I don't like. You're not getting better with this move. No, it doesn't yeah. work like that. I just had like a sneeze on the inside of my body. Mm-hmm. Don't know how to feel about that. 
Have you ever held a sneeze? Oh, yeah, always. It's painful. It's like my brain just rattle. It's like, ugh. I, when I work at the hospital, I'm a heart surgeon for those who don't know. You, If you're walking through, you can't really sneeze. Because then it's like, it's just weird to sneeze at a hospital because then it's like, oh, you probably, you're like touching someone's like heart in a few hours. So you always got to do that. You got to make that noise. Oh, stop. That was horrible. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> My heart started beating with that. You're good at the heart surgery. <laughs> we got some other news that happened. It's Yankees and Phillies in the news because report came out that JT Remuda was offered a five-year, $100 million contract from the Phillies. This is via The Athletic. Reputable source and a lot of money. So why isn't he a Philly? That's true. I mean, this was this is an interesting headline. I'm excited to talk about this because as every other player, it's either the team or the Blue Jays. Kind of same with Kluber, the same with DJ LeMahieu, the same with Springer. And the Blue Jays aren't doing anything. They're always that second option. So this just makes me think, yeah, he's going to the Phillies, but the only other place he's going is the Blue Jays, and the Blue Jays aren't making the moves. Like, no one wants to go there, and I feel bad for him. But it really does seem like to me that he's going to go back to the Phillies, which is so weird because wasn't it impossible a few months ago? Everyone was saying there's no the Phillies can't afford it. Like, did they just get money again? Like, what's going on? Let's stop right there. These team MLB teams saying they can't afford anything is so stupid. Yeah, it is so dumb. You guys have millions and billions of dollars in your bank account. You could buy me easily. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like four bucks at the grocery store. Like yeah. you can get me. So <laughs> if you can, if you can do that at my high price, you can afford JT Remuto. They just it's just a bunch of fan service. Hey, man, they're trying to temper expectations, so if they don't sign anybody, they can blame the COVID cap and all this. They have money, so stop with that. If they want to pay JT Remuto $100 million, they can pay JT Remuto $100 because guess what? You pay him $20 million this year, and the next year when the seats are fully loaded, you'll be making plenty of money. Mm-hmm. So JT to the Phillies seems like it's destined. Um, our boy Archie Bradley, teaser later coming up with the tweeting hashtags on JT. A couple other guys going. It's going to happen. He's going because there's really no one else who wants him. You're right. The the Blue Jays are like the side, like the side hoe who's just kind of sliding into the DMs every now and then. But it gets mm-hmm. like, oh, am I gonna go hang out with you? No, I'm gonna stay with my main girl, and yeah. then he ends up back with the Phillies. So that's kind of what it feels like right now. Because of all that, if the report comes out next week, Remuto signs five years, hundred and five million. Is that more of the DJ situation, or I'm just thinking like they had this guy? And you're giving this guy a hundred million, and especially in this NL East, where the the Braves are going nuts, they're in the prime right now, and the Mets are, I mean, they got so much money, they're definitely going to be good. Is this does that make you better than them? Is this a good signing? Because I'm assuming they can't get anyone else after they do that. It's a needed signing. There is no other option. You, there is not a world where the Phillies can sign JT Remuto and be talked about by us anymore. Or mm-hmm. not sign him. Does it make them better? No. They're the same team as they were. Is there more upside now because you have a 162-game season? And maybe your team can get it together because you have the talent? Yeah. I, you just can't let go of JT Remuto. He's such a core part of that team. He gives you an edge over every other team at the catch position. An edge you desperately need in a division like that. You need him. Because then what are you going to replace him with? Now you don't have a lineup and you don't have a rotation? 
Yeah, that yeah, I think you said that perfectly. It it is very needed. I'm just I wish they could go out and sign like an Ozuna or kind of I mean there's a lot of good free agents left. Like I want kind of want them to do that and then just make this an at least an insane battle. That like you kind of look at that top 4 teams and go anyone could win the division. Does the winner of the NL East have more than 90 wins? Yes or no? Probably around 90. Because, I mean, it's going to be a blood battle. A blood battle? A bloodbath. <laughs> blood battle. It's going to be like, that That sounds like They're a fighting with the blood, web. for sure. For sure. Um, I don't know. Phil, I don't think Phillies do much after that. They, they did sign a reliever, though. One reliever. They, they need a lot yeah. more. They brought in Archie Bradley. He formerly was with the Reds. And then who was he with before that? I forget. I don't really care. But he's Diamond now Bax with the Phillies. Diamondbacks got traded to the Reds. Yep. A bunch of just NL teams. Now he's with the Phillies, and the Phillies are expecting him to apparently pitch the 6th, the 7th, the 8th, and the ninth inning because <laughs> they don't have anybody else. <laughs> so <laughs> that's interesting. They need more arms. I think Bradley's a good start as a 7th inning guy. That's kind of what he gives me the energy of like when he's on. So you still need a closer, and you still probably need a setup man. Not really sure where it's going, but... If the Phillies' ideal offseason, I need to see two more bullpen guys signed and JT. If they do that, I think you can talk me into it. And, I mean, who knows? It's all about how you play in the field. Um, like, the Mets could suck. The Braves could have an off year. You never know. Um, but I think if they get Archie, which they did, they get a few more arms, they sign JT, they maybe get one more bat and kind of just maybe an impact bat to really change just even the public perception, the fan perception, the player attitude, I think then you can kind of talk me into they could battle for a playoff spot, which is exciting. They could still sign Ozuna, relative. Because I, I think the DH is happening in the NO this year. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just they won't tell us, but it's going to happen. So they could go out and sign one of these one-year deals with a Cruz or an Ozuna, one of those cheaper deals if they really wanted to. Um if they do that, then we'll know the DH is happening for sure. But it could. I just think they need to focus on their bullpen for everything else besides. That's true. I mean, they were it, – it was the most obvious hole in the team that I've seen in a long time. Like, yeah, just give, sign five bullpen pieces, and you're a lot better. It was the worst bullpen in the er, like year rate era at one point. Yeah. Oh, so bad. It, it, that's, that's tough. It's hard to be that bad. It's, it's kind of hard to suck really hard. Yeah. We would that know. Didn't. It does. Like, it's hard to be bad. It's not easy. We don't get paid for it properly. Like, to be miserable every day and to do terrible and, like, not even get lucky, it's it's tough. It is tough, yeah. And it's not even like you're the Pirates. It's like they're they're good at it. But they're the Phillies... They're good at being bad. They're good at being bad. There's no question. But the Phillies, it's like they were all about to win every night, and then they didn't. Like, it's hard to, like, blow that many games in a row. The Phillies are not good at being good, and they're not good at being bad. They're good at not going to be anything right now. Yeah. Damn. That was so – that was wisdom. That's like a Gary V thing right there, a nice mm -hmm. little rant for the people. You know, pin that on your wall, get motivated. It's good to be bad. Yes. Good, great <laughs> advice from the Turning 2 podcast. Great. We got another bullpen signing happening, guys. The Astros – Signed Pedro Baez for a two-year, $11.5 million contract. He got some cheddar with the more interesting fact, in my opinion, a Dodger going to the Astros. 
in what seemed like a turf war between like two two groups walking down the street snapping their fingers at each other. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. And then one of the guys just hopped on the other side and is now walking backwards snapping. I just painted the picture in your head. Pedro Baez, trader move, yes or no? I'm looking at this, looking at this bullet point in our beautiful Word document and this great podcast we do. But I this doesn't do it for me. Like I don't know why I don't care about this. I think because Pedro Baez, he's not that good. And he was really good for the Dodgers for a while, but he fell out of love with them at the end of the year. He kind of like slipped off. So yeah. he's, he could be a really good move, but he could also not. Uh, I just think the storyline's interesting. Like a, a Dodger who was story prominent line. in that 2017 World Series is now prominently going to be on the Astros. I think in, until the Astros are good, you still got to talk me into them being like a relevant team, which I mean, I, they got talent. But they're losing Springer. They don't have Verlander. It seems like that that core is kind of faltering out. Um, if that's a word, I don't know if faltering is a word, but we're gonna go with it. But it I like word. Baez is kind of like a competing move, and I guess the AL West is still kind of open. So I mean, they they could be a wild card team or even win the division over the A's. Um, so it, the Astros confuse me. Like I don't like seeing them make moves. I don't either, and I just have a hard time seeing Pedro Baez in those Astros uniforms. They're kind of just gross. Like, complete take all Baez out of this. Astros uniforms, not hot. I think this is from Baez. I mean, I agree with you, but I think that is from bad public perception. Because when they're in 2017, when they're, like, the new fun team, you're thinking, ooh, the orange is kind of fun. I kind of like the orange and the navy blue. And now it's just so tainted. No, is it? Maybe I'm corrupted, and I just don't see it. But the, the when they were that new young team, I think people were loving the orange. No, I always thought it kind of looked gross. It looked kind of just something like I like did finger painting as a kid, and then someone picked it as a uniform. The throwbacks? Do you like the throwbacks? Yeah, I guess. I'm a sucker for throwbacks, though. I was never as big of a fan, like those Nolan Ryan, like the Houston throwback ones that everyone loves. I, those don't really do it for me as much as they do for other people, but I. They are cool. They should bring those back, definitely. You can find me with that and a bottle of lube in my room every night. Those, those yeah, are beautiful. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> but um, we have one more pitcher who signed. Okay. Old man signed. It's like the signing of the NL East just wants all the old guys. Like, Here come we on go. in. Nats talk again. We're entering Nats, Nats talk. talk. So we have a couple things we got to address. We got a pod mm-hmm. coming up in the next week or so. We're going to have a Nats fan on, Jack. We are. And I don't know if you're mentally ready for that because I'm going to expose you for all your bad Nats takes. The National signed John Lester to a one is a one year contract, right? I haven't seen the yeah. details. One year contract. Money doesn't matter because Lester has all the chicken and beer he needs. Haha, <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. Get it? Um, so now he's on the Nationals, joins the free headed monster of Patrick Corbin, Max Scherzer, and Steven Strasburg. Lester kind of sucks now. So I don't know. I put this in the same category as the Joe Musgrove move. He's an inning eater. You need somebody. You need arms. You just go out there and eat. So I like that for the Nats. But again, it's another competitive signing. Another win-now signing. Or a trade. So, Jack, how do you feel about this? Are you still think the Nats are just the basement dwellers of the NL East? I think this this just proves my point more where they're, making, they're signing people to... To compete, but not to win. Another Gary V quote right there. We're, we're being deep with it. But this doesn't put you over anyone. I mean, the, as you, like, Lester's not, not great. Like, he's not really good. 
right now. So, um, Tana, I think this is, Lester isn't ready to be out of the league, but he's also not going to get signed by the Dodgers and be like their three starter and pitch in the World Series. I think he's just, he still has a place in the league and it's on the Nationals throwing every five days, being that like four starter and just pitching four and two thirds innings. Like that's kind of what I see. This is, I think this is a, I think this is a great signing for them. You go out, you get a veteran guy who's been there before, playoff proven. He's at the back end of his career, but you don't need him to be a a top guy. You just need him to be a guy. Let him take the stress off of being like the ace on the one, two, or three on the Cubs. He can be the four or five easily. Go out there every five days. He knows how to pitch. And just get outs. He doesn't have to put up a two year. He can put up a four year and be completely fine. So I think that's great for Lester to slot in. I love that he has proven guys who still got some stuff in the tank in front of him. I just. This is another signing for the Nats where I see it as like a good addition to a team that has upside. More upside. That's all you're doing. You're just adding roster pieces to a team. This is a, a winning type of move. Again, are the Nats going to be the best in the NOS? No. But over or under 77 wins right now, give me the over. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs? Because is, is this a move to win in the playoffs? Or is this a TBD. move... To just, I mean, to pitch innings. Could the Nats make the playoffs? Yes. Is it likely? I would say I'm, a, I'm half and half. I don't have an opinion. I, I need to see it. How do the pitchers look? Are we getting Strasburg MVP or are we getting Strasburg can't stay on the field? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to know the health of their the top three because it, it rides or die with them. But the rest of this is just adding around, hey, if our top three pitcher guys are good, we are going to be a team to not you don't want to mess with. And there are the, also the reason I think the DH is coming into the NL. Because if the DH is in the NL, the Kyle Schwarber signing makes so much more sense. Yeah. They're, I think they have the most one of the most interesting offseasons going right now. Is that they get Schwarber, trade for Josh Bell at his lowest, and then pick up uh, an old John Lester. It's, it's a very... I think depending on what they do this year, it's going to make a lot of sense. If all these players ball out, then they can make... A, they can change the impact of this team. If they all are kind of how they've been, then you're going to say, oh, yeah, this team finished fourth in the East, and that's what they are. So we're rapidly approaching our season previews. We are. 30 pods, 30 days. So before then, Jack, if I were to ask you right now, you don't have to put money on it now, but if I were to make you make a bet, do the Nats win 70 games, you put money on it? I don't think so. They don't? No, I don't think so. That's going to bet coming in the future, guys. We're going to have to put some money on this. Because, well, because when you – let me look at the um, – I'm my head's still in the 60-game season. So it's hard. The numbers. We're going to have to do a have lot of sink, research. You also have to think when they stunk, they want full stink mode. They're like, we're bad, so we're just going to tank it. You I mean, I don't I mean? think – I mean, there's no really tanking in baseball, though. I think they just – yeah, but like when the Red Sox were bad, they were like, "All right, we're just going full bad." Yeah, they, they I mean, it was more Strasburg got injured. Scherzer's just getting old. It was kind of a just an issue. The Nats' disagreement on the spot would never end. I just, what do you have against Washington? I don't. I love their um, World Series team. You, I just think these moves aren't. I mean, we're seeing all the other moves. These aren't. There's a difference between Schwarber and Lester than every other move being made. True, but I think it's a move, and a lot of teams can't say that. So in 
2019. What have the Braves done? In 2019, the Phillies won 81 games, the Mets won 86 games, the Nationals won 93, and the Braves won 97. So those four teams, I I mean, those were all good teams. So they they could get over 70. They're gonna. Nats playoffs. Book it. Sign it. But over 70 is not getting in the playoffs. To playoffs, you're probably gonna have to win. 88. Probably not division. Probably in the 90s. I, I could let's make it happen. Come on, Nats, let's put it together. Trey Turner, Juan Soto, Josh Bell, and, um, Kyle Schwarber, the four, fearsome foursome in the NL East. So get ready. That's gonna be. They'd have to beat out. I think they can beat out the Marlins pretty easily. Um, or maybe not. But they have to beat out the Phillies and Mets because I don't think they're getting the Braves. Real, so Phillies. Realistically, and for me to go full Nats, they need one more bat. Give me a bat. If they sign JT, I'm all in. They also don't have a bullpen. Yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> well, that, that's what's a lot like, of holes. It's not a good team, but they I think have potential. They're, they're plugging holes, but I think more to put out a team on the field. I don't like. They're not signing Archie Bradley. You know, they're not signing that that player to like pitch in high leverage games, which makes me think that they're kind of like, oh, well, I well, I think exactly what you think they're doing is probably what they're hoping for. If all these players do really good, we might win some games, but they're not like. It's win now. It's win now. So we have to have a serious talk. By okay. that I mean let's evolve into absolutely nothingness and we wrap up this pod. Okay. Who do you hate more, the Nationals or Carlos Correa? I don't hate the Nationals. That's a lie. I think we I have don't. a proven record of your slander. No, I really don't. I really don't. Just... I think if you asked anyone, they're not putting the Nationals in the top three in the East. Neither am I, but I'm just yeah. saying why you're slandering your beautiful name. Did you still on the Capitol, Jack? Be honest. No. no so I think we're on the same page. Because I, you're, I think you're arguing, but you're also not putting them in the top three. No, I, I, we, we are on the same page. I just think you – I think we disagree on what their um, – the signings, what the signings actually mean about the team. I think the signings mean, oh, we got a chance. And I think you see the signings. Ch- but uh, what, a chance for fourth place? I No, I think their upside is higher than you do. I think they could potentially reach second in the NL East. That'd be interesting, yeah. I mean... What has the Mets done? They've signed guys. They haven't done yes. anything on the field. <laughs> they haven't done anything on the field. What they have the signed guys. What did the Phillies they done? They got Lindor. Done, you know what I mean? But we got to see it. We got to see it before we put it. Same thing with the Nationals. We got to see it. So I, I just view it as a open can. And what have the Braves done? They haven't added anyone this offseason. Ozuna no, still technically I mean, could be gone. They're one of the best teams. They are. But, like, we don't know. Like, Ozuna could be gone... Um, is Soroka come back at the full strength? Do they have enough pitchers to survive the 162? Can the pitchers stay healthy? Like, that's always a question with the Braves. Do they have the pitching to stay healthy? Yeah, so it, we'll I mean, see. but the Nats are a last-place team. Agreed. There's a lot of questions, though, and he NL beast. Great division if it goes right. But a lot of things could go wrong. Hmm. But back I, to I my— I do think a lot—all these teams are good teams, and it sucks for probably the Marlins— Phillies and Nationals because you're just you're you're a good team but there's just teams that are better than you and they're just gonna block you for the next couple of years. We'll have to get a Braves fan on the pod, but I wonder how Braves fans feel right now. Are you scared? Like as you sit there and you like okay yes they're still the best team agreed. Braves are a unit, but you have made a move and everyone around you is making moves. Yeah, I, they made a lot of moves last year to just get that their young core 
locked up. So they got their bullpen, they got their their rotation locked up. So I think they're feeling okay. Um, you're probably scared of the Mets. Are you scared of the Phillies at all? I I'm brave fan would probably be like hell no, because they haven't like done anything yet. But um, they did. Maybe if they get a bat, I don't. I probably not. No, I don't think you're scared of the Phillies. I might say we'll have to get a Braves fan on the pod because as the Braves, it just seems like they're dormant. They're very dormant this offseason. They are, yeah. Which is probably a good that, thing because they don't have a lot of holes. Yeah, I think that was kind of the plan. I think you're still probably just scared of the Dodgers. You're probably thinking we didn't get better to beat the Dodgers, but they, they won up 3-1 on them, so they, they should have won that. Very true. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Dude, how am I? I feel like I'm the resident Braves doubter. Like, I just always am doubting the Braves. I don't know why. They're cool Probably, we we talk about the NL East a lot, but we don't really know anything about any of the teams. I disagree. I feel like we know a lot about the teams besides the Braves. I feel like we lack a little bit there. I'll, that's we, not, we, we know, know about the teams, but we don't watch them every night to know how like they operate. Oh, of course, we're not we're not Marlins fans. If you're a Marlins fan, if you're a Phillies fan out there right now, you are naming five bullpen guys that I've never even heard of who yeah. potentially could take the eighth inning role. You want to mm-hmm. know why though? Because that's how baseball works. We can't know every little intric- intricate detail about every team. True. We just talk. That's what we do. We talk, mm-hmm. and then if you ask us a Red Sox question, we'll answer it. Other than that, though, we're just talking. Just talking about but baseball. We can do a little Red Sox talk real quick because kind of, I mean, I agree with your point. But also at the same time, I have no idea what the Red Sox are thinking. Like, I, well, I, have I don't no think anyone idea. does. <laughs> it, it's such a weird spot. I mean, they said Benatendi was guaranteed gone. By the weekend, didn't trade them. We haven't signed anyone. Now the reports are coming out that Sale probably like won't really pitch that much this year because they're being safe with them. It's like, what are we? Are we trying to compete, kind of like the Nationals are, just kind of like putting a squad out there, or are we just tanking, kind of? Because well, it's I'm looking pat- like opening day. We're gonna be awful. I'm gonna pat ourselves on the back. We call we called cap on that Benny rumor immediately. We did. Like this isn't happening because it's so. You can tell when. I don't believe anything that comes out about the Red Sox right now. So I don't think Sale is going to be on like a pitch count. I don't. It doesn't feel like it's actually true to me. I don't think Benny's going to get traded this offseason. I don't. It just seems all like pandering. They're all trying to just. There's people are just leaking stuff out there because either Red Sox beat reporters are bored or Hein Bloom's trying to work something. Like oh, we're not. We're, we might trade Benny and then see what happens. Does people bite? People get urgent, like, oh, no, we want him if he's going to move and, like, tries to up the bidding. But yeah. I don't think anybody's – these moves are actually happening. I think the Red Sox don't know what they're doing. I think they want to be bad one more year. Yeah. The, the Red Sox were completely thrown off the horse when they lost Mookie, when they said, we're going to trade you. Oh, he kind of feels like a Dodger now, which is sad. I just said his name with the Red Sox, and I was like, oh, I remember when he was a Red Sox. That's sad. Um once he left, they traded him. It's like we we don't know what's going on, and since then the kind of the vibe was, oh, now we can sign some more free agents now that we don't have to pay Mookie four hundred million dollars, but we're not doing that, and it just seems like we've gotten just worse. And it's like, yeah, we're probably just gonna be bad for a couple more years before we can, because we want to build up a farm system and get the free agent signing. There's just such a mess. It's a mess. In Red Sox Nation, some mess in Nationalist Nation, some mess everywhere. But the Padres, but the Mets, and now the Yankees are the ones who are just to go out and get people. And the White Sox. So you guys are feeling good. The rest of us are confused. 
the Red Sox fan, I don't know whether or not I should order five Fenway Franks on opening day or if I should just not watch the game and cry under my sheets. We'll find mm. out. It's kind of up in the air right now. Um, I'm hoping by next Red Sox, next pod, we get some sort of good news on the Sox or just some sort of good news. On just news, honestly. Even news if we trade away someone, free. something. Give me something. Red Sox pod coming soon, guys, where you can just hear us cry and moan. I would love to do that just to be emotional. Just an emotional mess about it all the time. Yeah. Cry pod. Big cry pod. We need, like, a, a sad track. It just plays over the entire pod. Yeah. You know how if you go into YouTube and you'll type in, like, sad emotional music to cry to? Or is that just me? I think that's just you, but... Do you cry? How often do you cry, Jack? I don't remember the last time I did. I'm a weekly crier. Like, if I... If it's, like, Wednesday night and I haven't cried in six or seven days, I'll go on YouTube and I'll be like cute dog compilation of just like dogs running home to soldiers I, and i just cry i'll just cry in my bed i love sad music i just don't like i'm not a good crier like even i'll have some my eyes will well up but like it doesn't like i don't sob like i don't i don't think i've ever been like ah. you can't break the final dam you're just eyes yeah, just I full of tears and they suck them back down yeah i can't do that dude i cry so easily it's terrible like i'll just cry about anything you'd be like your hair looks bad and i'm like <laughs> 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 emotional mess it's horrible but i like the happy cry over sad cry happy cry's good yeah like the single tear leaves your face like when the red mm-hmm. sox won the world series in 2018 i cried nice nice did you no i think i kind of had the opposite emotion of crying but you know happy tears man happy tears are good tears He's, i think we found out on the pod guys jack is a sociopath Yes, I do not have human emotion. He does not. But that wraps it up for this episode of the Turning Two Podcast. Thanks for sticking around for this shit show. We don't know what happened here. But if, if you want to experience even more of it, you can check us out on social media at the Turning Two Pod. That's on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, and any other platform you like to use. Make sure you check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, and we'll see you next time with a guest pod dropping this week. So enjoy, guys. Peace. <laughs>